All right, welcome back to Success Quest, everyone. This is the podcast where we learn to be more successful, and we like to think about success in a lot of different ways. It's not just financial, but there's so many different angles to success and so many different perspectives. We like to have people on the show that can teach us a little bit more about it, and today we have an amazing person that's going to teach us all about success. He's had two successful exits of companies. He's been in the e-commerce space and the e-sports space, and currently he's in the development space. And so he definitely has a lot to talk to us about. He's even an author, guys. So it's going to be a really awesome conversation. I'd like to welcome Sam Kamani. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm I'm really good and it's it's great to be here. Thank you for the intro, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Well, so before we dive into it, I mean, I'm impressed with all the things that you've done with the the companies that you've built and the success that you've had. Um, but how did you get there? I know that success sometimes all we see is the end result, but it, we don't see all the hard work that gets put into it. So, kind of tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, before I even begin that, um, I would share this quote that I heard from someone. So I, I go to a lot of sort of business events and business mm-hmm. awards. And and I remember this um, female entrepreneur who was awarded like the best entrepreneur of the award and all that um, for her company. And she did really well. And then she came up to the stage. And the first thing she said that, oh, yeah, we are an overnight success of 12 years. So it, it yep. is something like that. So I started my journey in New Zealand as an international student. And as you know, like most students, you start with a student loan. So you don't even start <laughs> with a $0 balance. You start with negative. Right. Um, and and as an immigrant, then found like really tough to, to break in, get the first job, applied for hundreds, didn't get any. But then there is a pattern in throughout my life. And that is that people have, um, help me and it is always through people and who you know kind of my um, my network is my net worth and so over time I got an opportunity to work in an e-commerce startup that was this is in 2007 um, they were doing most of their business through phone sales and catalogs and all those sort of things and they wanted to go online so I helped them expand from New Zealand into a bit into the US market and Australia and and some Asian countries ended really well online um, to the point that I got a chance to buy in the company and and take it further. Um, After running it for seven, eight years, um, had an exit from that business. And then I joined a esports based company where we built software for to run esports tournaments um i was with them as their chief operating officer for about a year or so and then um, had an exit from that or not really an exit but that company got um, acquired Um, it was still in early stages so so it was a really good experience after that i thought okay i've done that twice um, I would like to help other entrepreneurs and how can I do that? So I thought, okay, there's a few ways I can share my knowledge in a in a book form and I can help them build their first 
minimum viable product or help them build their own SaaS product or a mobile app or whatever idea they have, help them bring it to life. So I thought, okay, I'll start. I teamed up with Will Smith, um, who's a friend of mine here in Auckland, and he already ran an agency. He said, okay, let's start something that specializes in this space. So that's what we did. Together, we got together and wrote this book called The 30 Day Startup. And, And... we, I mean, we just wrote it just to share our experience um, with with the world, and it did really well. So we thought, okay, there's something in this. So yeah, so since then, pretty much like nearly every week, I get seven, eight founders who come to us and who share their ideas with us and what they want to build. And a lot of the times, we might not build anything for them, but we just. We're very happy to have a talk and we provide them with some guidance on, you know, what they should be doing as their next mm-hmm. step to build a minimum viable product. In many cases, they are just even bootstrapping. So that's, um, yep, yeah, that's about what we do. A few months ago, as the whole world, New Zealand was also under lockdown and with the um, suffering the effects of, of COVID-19 and coronavirus, mm-hmm. um, I saw and I experienced that myself, the effects of lockdown, and I saw lots of other founders and I saw people, um, you know, reacting it in two ways. One side there was that the sky is falling down. We are all going to be <laughs> toast. No business is going to survive. It will be mass hunger, like 1930s soup kitchen, long lines. That that was one view. And then the other side, there was the view. There was some some founders and entrepreneurs who had the view that, you know, that there is going to be a huge rebalancing, a huge opportunity out there um, for companies who innovate and and who are ready to sort of pivot to take advantage of that. So I saw all that ex- um, like ex- and also experienced firsthand. So I thought, okay, I, I need to share this. So I wrote like 24,000 words in like three weeks or something oh <laughs> and and published my second book, um, self-published my second book, because even if I go through a publisher, it will take me like six months. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get it out there. So so did that. It's called Business in the Time of Corona, how to, how to pivot um, and like succeed your career or startup in times of disruption. So I... Um, I did that. And yeah, so that's pretty much my journey up to this point in a nutshell. Wow. Wow. There is so much to dig in there. Um, That's incredible. Let's kind of take it piece by piece. I I took some notes and let's go through it. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, The first thing is, obviously, you mentioned the fact that a lot of people, when they're leaving college, they are starting with a negative balance. Yes. That is so true. I'd like to get your your input. How do you feel about college? I know that right now we're in kind of a world where there's a lot of different opinions and some people are saying it's not even necessary anymore and others are saying, no, it definitely is. What's your opinion on college? And if you were starting out again, what would you do? Absolutely. I think it depends on the on the field and the industry you choose, you, you pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of skills 
that you can learn on the job. And in fact, I think that the universities and colleges do a poor job at equipping people in certain in certain industries. You know, if I want to be, mm-hmm. um, if I was just starting out, if I want to be a graphic designer, I would not recommend going to a college. If I want to be into um, software development, coding, programming, I think um, YouTube is better or, or Udemy or Udacity mm-hmm. or 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 any of the hundred different platforms out there, you can learn so much more, so much faster. And a lot of these professions you learn by doing because you know in the reality is very different to to theory. They might teach you something in theory, and also universities and colleges are so slow to ad- adapt. What they are teaching now was relevant eight years ago because it took them eight years to get it approved and and get a program made and stuff. Um, so some professions you should not. <laughs> I, I would recommend not to go through the college university. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, some professions I would highly, highly, you know, th- there is just no way out. If you are into medicine, y- you don't want to go through a surgeon. Would you be comfortable someone doing a heart surgery on you <laughs> who just is learning from YouTube and then, oh, oh, wait a minute, my video is buffering. Hold on. <laughs> you, you, can, <laughs> you, you, you cannot have that. You know, you want a lawyer. Um, who is on your side, who knows the law in and out for the last 10 years. And for them, mm-hmm. there is no way out. So so some professions, yes, some professions, no. So, you know, you need to mm-hmm. pick the pick the right thing if you are going through university that whether it will add value to your <laughs> career or not. Yeah, and I think that that's something that we've lost sight of, at least a lot of us have, is the the ability to critically think and say, okay, is this right for me and my situation and where I want to go? I feel like sometimes we just do what we're expected to do or do what society says we should do. Um, and I think that that's the really important thing is think about what you want to accomplish in life, where you want to be, what career you want to be in, and then make a decision. Is Is college the right way or should I just go and learn from somebody who's already doing it or learn from YouTube or whatever. That makes perfect sense to me. So, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I would like to add um, like one more thing that, you know, they um, university and colleges are always going to be a lot slower to respond. So it, as you say that, what do you want to do? You know, if you're, if you want to be um, um, someone who manages influencers for TikTok, there is no university (laughs) degree for that. But that job, someone could build that job. Maybe that job doesn't even exist right. yet, but there there would be demand for it. So it depends on what you want to do. Um, yeah, and and as you said, you need to critically think: Is this gonna add value to my career or <laughs> or not? Absolutely, I love it, man. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about those two ventures that you had that were successful exits, the e-commerce business and the e-sports business. Um, what would you recommend if if um, I was wanting to get into the e-commerce business? What are some of the top tips you could give me to succeed in that space? Absolutely. So um, I was doing AdWords in 2004 mm-hmm. where I was getting um, like click what do you call um, the click-through rates, which were unreal. And also I was paying cents per click, 
whereas the same um same keywords would be now worth 8 10 a click so wow. so you want to be positioning yourself um where there is not much crowd um i mean it's kind of like the basic economics and supply and demand so when i was mm-hmm. doing um pay per click advertising and all that in 2004 no one else knew about it no one else was doing it it was all so so new you know youtube didn't exist back then um it was that new that you can't just go somewhere and you could go somewhere and learn about it um so you mm-hmm. want to be in a place where where it is not crowded so we sold herbal supplements and a lot of them were for for men for prostate health and all those sort of things in mm-hmm. in the age of over 55 60 even or 65 and um you need to understand your audience regardless of the industry to give you mm-hmm. an example that we did um we did adverts when no one else was doing it but then in um later on in say 2012 2013 2014 where everyone was on to adverts and facebook ads and all those things we stopped doing that mm-hmm. because we weren't getting a a good return on ad spend or ROAS um so at that time what we were doing was we were looking for tv channels that were showing golf late at night at 2 2 a.m huh. <laughs> you know so we we'd look for things like that where when no one was advertising in that we were getting ads that were dirt cheap and and it was exactly our target audience because these guys who had issues with their prostate they would get get up at 2 a.m or 3 a.m in the night to go and do a v and then mm. they cannot fall back asleep so they are the only ones watching tv so it it depends once again just like the education thing it depends on your niche and you have to find things um to reach and engage with your audience where none of your competitors know about it yet and is the same thing if you do um if you are starting an agency i would highly recommend you know all these brands want to engage with tiktok influencers they don't even know who is a tiktok influencer if you can <laughs> position yourself and you know use that you you would make a killing um for that short time until everyone jumps on it just like everyone's uh, on instagram and everyone's instagram influencer um then it would be too mm-hmm. late then you look for the next um thing which is not crowded wow i love that i i do a lot of work with brands in in my in my job too and that's one of the things that i always tell them is narrow down who is your target audience and then where are they and i i love you adding in that finding something that nobody else is doing or not a lot of people are doing cuz once the space is crowded there's a lot of noise and you have to fight against that noise so thank you i i think that's that's really really insightful and then so the other venture that you did was in esports and i'll be honest i don't know hardly anything about esports i'm not a big gamer myself but i think it's an interesting trend and there's definitely a future in it the more especially like during this time and this is kind of moving into pivoting and stuff too but during this yes. time of the pandemic and coronavirus when a lot of sports were shut down i think that esports is kind of proving that it's a it's a viable market and it's a viable thing so i'd love to get your insights on what you think about the industry and and 
just whatever interesting <laughs> knowledge you can bring to us about esports. Absolutely, absolutely. To to give you an um, perspective of um, how big gaming is, um, it is bigger than movies, TV, books, music, everything combined. That's wow. how big the gaming industry is. Like um, esports makes a very small part of the gaming industry because just like um even though um i mean the number of esports player is also very very limited because to to be at the at the top of your game it takes a lot and lots it takes like 10000 hours you know 12 hours wow. a day kind of thing um just like a lot of people can play basketball but how many can play at nba level mm-hmm. not many you know um so it's the same thing with with esports so the people who are at the top of their game they they do really really well and also esports there is a sort of um a lot of the esports is based in like stadiums and and things like that and and community uh, meetups and stuff so so the covid has thing has affected esports as well i have a friend she was a journalist just specializing in esports um wow. based in south korea but she'd be traveling every day to some other part of the world you know some one day she'd be at staples center the next day like at or like few weeks later in medicine garden or any um lots of these stadiums when there is no nba game they are kind of used for esports um hmm. activities but now it's not only affected nba it also affected esports um in the same way the only thing is that it is much easier to make um esports remote compared to compared to other sports and stuff mm-hmm. so um so that's part of it the other thing is that um you could have smaller community run esport tournaments um at a lot smaller le- level with much less resources just like if you want to do a um, a football tournament it's really hard to do at a small scale um mm-hmm. or, or say nascar <laughs> um, i mean or sort of um car racing it's it's a lot lot more expensive still but you could do like a fifa or rocket league or some of these or car racing games even in a pub or a bar or somewhere um and and they were kind of our target markets plus we did some really funny um tournaments and we hosted them and we ran like uh ran them on twitch and youtube and things and we'd get millions of views because we'd make them really really funny so we'd get mm-hmm. this guy who does voices and he would he would have all these different characters so you'd have like an african drug lord character and we'd get some influencers i'm sure you're um no stranger to influencer marketing so you'd get like mm-hmm. a um UFC star Demetrius Johnson back then like this is 2 3 years ago so um we'd get them and we'd they'd smack talk each other and <laughs> and we'd make it like really funny and so so yeah it's it's a whole thing of entertainment and stuff that's why um millions if not hundreds of millions of people watch other people gaming just like we can play basketball um really badly <laughs> or or i can play really badly <laughs> um but i would like to you know i watch um lakers and i watch uh, bucks and all, all that because i i like how they play so mm-hmm. so the same thing happens in video game um and esports is that people like to watch other players who have spent that you know 10000 hours 
and who right. are really skilled to um so people watch them and that's why you'd see in youtube some of the the channels that get the most views are esports and gaming channels and same in wow. twitch that's the whole twitch is based on pretty much is gaming mm-hmm. and i'd imagine there's a lot of really interesting opportunities in that space since it's relatively new i mean kind of going back to what you were talking about with e-commerce and adwords you want to enter a newish market right something where there's still a lot of creativity and not a whole lot of crowdedness and who knows, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's already starting to get crowded, but it just seems like a relatively new industry. So I imagine there's a lot of opportunity there. There is a lot of opportunity. And also there are a lot of people who want to get into it and they don't understand it yet. So mm-hmm. that's why there is a lot of opportunity. It's it's the, it's the perfect place in the perfect time. Um, because if you look at its growth over the last 10 years or 15 years, um, it, it is. It doesn't look like it is slowing down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, so I'd really like to talk about your book. Um, but before we dig into it, tell us a little bit about the experience. I think you said 24,000 words in how long? In a couple of weeks? Because it and just amazes weeks, me yeah. that there's even a book about coronavirus already out. <laughs> yeah. It, um. The The thing is that um so yeah my work wasn't was very busy at that time as well so i was working full time and i wrote that on top of that <laughs> so so how'd you do that <laughs> okay so first of all um i didn't need to do a lot of research because it is very conversational just like how we are talking um and mm-hmm. so i already had so many stories and i already talked with so many people and so many founders so i already had so much to share so it was just the matter of sitting and writing it down forming a structure and writing it down so that was the that was the easy part then the second part was that you know one of my favorite book or or like the favorite author that i follow is james clear and atomic habits and Mm -hmm. one of the thing that i've learned from him is motion versus action so since i have started following that in the last two three years of my life two years i feel like i have been a lot more productive and in in producing result so yeah um, so yeah, so it's just motion versus action. So I'm very careful on what is motion and what is action. So when I think about writing a book, when I'm doing research, when I'm talking to other people about writing a book, all that is motion. When I put the real words on the paper, that is action. So <clears throat> I optimize my life around action and that mm-hmm. has made a huge difference. That makes a lot of sense. And so did you yep. block off a time every single day to sit down and write or or how did you make sure that you were able to do that action on a consistent basis? Yep. So for me, it was work in the in the morning, kind of like nine to five, um, have dinner, spend some time with kids and um, they go to bed at around half past 7 p.m. Ish. And then at 8 p.m. I start writing and then I write for another four or five hours. And that, that was the wow. grind for like three and a half. And also I would get more time in sa- on Saturday and Sunday. I'd get four or five hours during the day as well to write. So it was as long as I, I have to go and sit in front of my computer between like eight to midnight or eight to one. 
a.m. Um, 8 p.m. to and then I just um, yeah just focus on the action not yeah anything else that's that's about it so I did that and it was and I got faster and I got better at it um, the other things I did was that I learned from the first book that you know the first book it took me um, this book also since it's called the 30-day startup we made it like as if it's a startup and we wrote it in 30 days as well the first one but in that, that wow. co-author as well um william or will and and then <clears throat> so that book took 30 days to write and then it took nearly two months because it got proofread two or three times it got edited it got the cover design the layout um print setting all mm-hmm. that and amazon for it to approve it so that took another two months so this time I was like, how fast can I get it out there? How much can I push it? So this time I wrote it in three weeks, but while I was writing it, I had an editor lined up and I had a proofreader lined up. So as I write one chapter, I would share it with the editor. Editor will edit it, check it, and then it will go to the proofreader. Proofreader will do that. And I had by middle of the book, I had a cover designer lined up who was designing the cover and um, so everything worked concurrently. And so I could get it from day one of writing first word to in the Amazon store within 35 days. Wow. That is insane to me. And hats off to you, man. I, I, I am impressed. Um, especially, I mean, you mentioned having kids and spending time with them and I hats off to you. I'm, I'm impressed. So good job. You're like a speed writer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that I want to see if can I implement the same thing in other parts of my life? So it's like, okay, so, you know, writing the book is only 10% of the job. The remaining 90% of the job is promoting it. Mm -hmm. So I want to do the same thing. Can I go at the same speed of promoting it so one of the thing i'm doing is is going on different blogs in being interviewed by different blogs or media and all that and then also going on different podcasts like yours mm-hmm. um bit more selective with the podcasts and stuff um but yeah just going on podcasts going on blogs and and spreading the content out there and all that so so yeah, so now I will continue that for the next 10 months <laughs> and I want to go on at least 100 different podcasts and 100 different blogs or media and stuff. So yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad I'm glad you came on ours because I've already learned so much um, and I'm already so excited about the things that we've talked about and we haven't even got to pivoting yet. Um, so, <laughs> <all good laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's been crazy all this all this stuff that's happened in such a quick amount of time. I mean, yeah. I remember first hearing about the coronavirus and being like, "Oh, okay, that's a thing, but it's probably not a big deal." And then in like I know, two I weeks, the same. <laughs> and then in like two yeah. weeks, all of a sudden, like I couldn't go out anywhere. I was home from work, and it just it went so fast and so quickly. So, my goodness, like what are what are some of the recommendations and things that you would tell people to pivot so that they can succeed in troubling times like this? Yeah. Um, first of all, aren't you glad that you can work from home? You could, you can run your agency and you can continue to help your clients from home 
and yes. also help new people who want help with their their websites and like digital marketing and all that so that's isn't that great <laughs> yes it is so nice i and honestly i'm just grateful that i've i've started to create a business that can literally be done from anywhere and so exactly I, when right. we live in a world where that's even possible with things like zoom and cell phones and email it's yes. it's really a big blessing yeah absolutely so the second thing is that i would like to say is that you know at at this time there is a huge temptation for any founder for any entrepreneur any small business to just jump online and do um exactly what everyone else is doing but i would say that you know you you've got this time take take some time to think because um think and think about what are your strengths and this is something i talk in in the book as well um like <clears throat> everyone has different sort of strengths and and you know what are your assets for some people it might be their existing customers for some people it might be their team that is their their asset um for some it might be their cash flow so you know look at that look at your assets look at your strengths and see where you can deploy um so so spend some time thinking and and introspecting your own sort of strengths and and you know um assets um before just jumping into going online um so to give you an example i know someone who owned a um a car park um near airport which is not a good business to be in like you know um and they um however like now no planes are flying anywhere or or a lot less air traffic all around the world so the car parks aren't needed so they have all this empty land so for them their asset is that empty piece of land mm-hmm. instead of thinking of um just moving their booking system online or something in they saw that as that and then they approached any other businesses who needed that empty piece of land so there were all these other businesses who were left with say like they they are like um car importers or car dealerships who have hmm. a huge lot of cars suddenly left that they don't know where to put um they approached them and they used that as their um they rented them out for a long term and and you know so they could there is like you know more than one way to solve a problem so look at your assets and think of you know who else could be using those so um what other example can i um give there was a this is an australian example and um there was this um they made gin um and um alcoholic beverages and they had this sort of a nice um boutique bar and stuff and people came when there for uh, for tasting whiskey tasting and gin tasting and all those sort of experiences and then suddenly they had to um because of the lockdown um they had to either fire all their staff or do something else then they got the recipe for um hand sanitizers and all that which is 99% alcohol right. um from the WHO's website and they made their own boutique one um really nice packaging because they all had the bottling and everything in there and they they branched out into that so they not only could keep that 25 staff they had to hire 15 more people because wow. there was such huge demand for that so 
Um, so instead of just thinking like, okay, um, now we cannot have run our bar, we'll just sell online. You know, they they thought more than just moving online. And sometimes you can really innovate and really open up new business if you look at your strengths and assets um, and who else could be using those sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's fascinating how when things are normal or things are good, oftentimes we kind of get in this rut of just going through the motions and doing what we've always done. But sometimes, and I'm not saying I'm happy about the coronavirus or I'm glad that it's happening or anything like that. But sometimes I do think that disruptions can be an interesting opportunity because it forces you to think creatively and it forces you to come up with new solutions. And honestly, I think that the world will be a better place after this because people will have been so creative and there will be so many new innovations and things that come because of the coronavirus. It's pretty amazing. One more thing I would like to say that I have talked a lot about in my book and that is um you know you need to surround yourself with people who are positive and who are optimists just like you like how you are saying that good will come out of it and you are only able to think positively and think of all these new solutions and all these new innovations if you are in that frame of mind if you are continuously just consuming the media i mean the news which is all negative and all like you know the whole world is dying kind of um attitude that you know all businesses are dying kind of attitude and it's all doomsday it is very very hard to get out of that down mood and to think that no this could be a real opportunity let's look let's think about it so that that is kind of like the first point in my in my book and and how take this as a as an opportunity and surround and one of the ways you know you surround yourself with people like you um who are thinking positive mm-hmm. well thank you i Honestly, I think I just don't get very anxious about these types of things. I don't know why, but I never really have. Instead, I'm always thinking. And I'm always thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Um, And so what would your recommendation be to somebody who maybe is scared or is nervous or is having anxiety about this current situation? How can they get out of that rut and, and get into the creative mindset and start thinking of solutions? Yeah, sure. I'll just share another story that I've talked about in my book. (laughs) Great. I love stories. (laughs) So um, this is something I heard in my childhood in in India. Um, There used to be like these two characters, Akbar and Birbal, who was like one was the emperor of India back in like 2000 years or something ago, 1500 years or something ago. Um, And he had his coat and in his coat, he had like uh, one, like seven or something different um, advisors, one to advise him on military, one to advise him on economics and and one just as a um, as a philosopher type of a friend who had and he there's all these stories of thousands of stories that um, he and his philosopher dis- uh, or his friend like Birbal, he they discussed um, during his rule. And in one of that, he says to this guy, his name is Birbal. So the emperor says to Birbal that, okay, um, tell me something that when I'm really happy, it makes me not happy. And when I'm really sad, it makes me not sad. So the one thing should do the same same job. And and the answer to that, he said, the, the other guy said was that this too shall pass. 
so you know so if you are really sad then you know this too shall pass and if you are really really happy then you know this too shall pass <laughs> so it, it is the same thing and and just the the fact that most of these sort of things are really ephemeral um there have been pandemics since um, biblical times uh, since the roman times to to now and every 80 years 50 years there's another pandemic and and this won't be the last one <laughs> there would be another one but who knows when that would be but you know this too shall pass and this would be just a kind of a memory um that we came out of this and and yeah so that's the the first thing to recognize that all these things are really ephemeral just like this is just like a like a really bad tiktok meme kind of a thing it's just going to pass so you won't even remember it interesting so i think that's a good perspective to have because i've heard the only thing that is constant life is change right absolutely absolutely so it's just taking advantage of the opportunities that present themselves and and being willing to pivot like you said and being willing to be creative so yeah it makes perfect sense to me yeah yeah no just being in the right frame of mind um helps you come up with better solutions it is really hard to come up with better solutions when you are feeling already very negative and down so the first thing is you know um surround yourself with positive people you know watch what you are listening what you are inputting um in in your own mind kind of thing so if you are just um are you full of gratitude or or are you full of just reading the negative um news and just debating um things with people on social media negatively <laughs> or you know what just see what you are consuming and and then the second is that you know um yeah be think of your strengths think of your assets everyone has in in built strengths and assets that everyone has everyone has an unfair advantage and what are those and mm-hmm. and pivot in that in that direction yeah i love it Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I really appreciate that. And I think I think that that's actionable advice that we can all take. Surround yourself with positive influences, be creative, pivot, um understand that this is going to change. It's not going to last forever and it will pass. I I love it, man. Before we kind of wrap things up, I like to ask this question to people. I think that it's it's a fun question and I get some interesting responses from it. But let's pretend for a minute that your microphone that you have yeah. right now is magical and what you say every single person in the world is going to hear what's the one piece of advice that you would give um i think i would give the same thing that i just said before that you know this this <laughs> shall do pass <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> so you know because a lot of people are going through economic hardship and they are worried about their career mm-hmm. and their job or their small business and all that so you know don't worry about this this too shall pass and you'll just come out stronger and and better on the other end so yeah I love it all right well how can we follow you how where can we find you online I obviously you've mentioned your two books I'll make sure and put those links in the show notes but where else can people connect with you and get a hold of you if they want to reach out Yes, LinkedIn would be the best place. That's the one place I go to all the time just like you. That's how I found that's how I met you and found <laughs> yep, you. Right. So yeah, Link, LinkedIn I've been consistent with LinkedIn. Um I have found LinkedIn a bit better, lot less um political debates and other non- nonsense compared to Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> I agree. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably talk for another hour about LinkedIn. I love it. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you know, <laughs> I I'm not a Instagram model, so I'm not on Instagram either. <laughs> I'm not that good at dancing and singing, so I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. Well, I'll make sure and put your LinkedIn on the, in the yeah. show notes too. Do you have a website or anything like that for your company? Um, yes, it's productdan.com. Okay, cool. I'll go ahead and throw that in there too then. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I really appreciate it. I have learned a lot. I am so happy that you reached out to me and that we got connected on LinkedIn. And I'm going to be following you for sure because I I want to keep surrounding myself with positive, good people, like you said earlier. And so I'm really trying to build my network and create a positive network that can really help teach me. So I'll, I'll keep following you. Thank you so much for being on the show. No, thank you so much. Um, yeah, and best of luck, Jacob, with all your ventures. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I'm always busy. I'll, I'll always have something going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.